Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. It's almost Thanksgiving, and today on the show, we're going to be talking about, among other things, things that happened in women's soccer this past year that we are grateful for, because focusing on anything else is too painful, for me at least. Gab, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I'm drinking some orange juice. Uh, nothing's in it. Um, just a little bit of OJ, trying to, to make sure I stay on top of my vitamins and all that stuff. What are you what are you enjoying over in a chilly Boston on a chilly Boston afternoon? I'm having a hot apple cider with cinnamon. What? That's so fitting. I know. It's New England. So it's cool. winter. I'm just it's nothing but apple cider and eggnog for the next couple months and then I will have diabetes at the end of it. <laughs> I was gonna say that that <laughs> doesn't sound like sustenance. Technically there's water in it. I'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, you'll, I mean, okay, so we'll need to get status updates a little bit more frequently than we have been, I think. <laughs> By status updates, you mean blood sugar levels? Yeah. Yeah, just checking in, making sure you're okay. I'm actually making up- starting to be like hypervigilant about sugar because the diabetes runs in my family on both sides, and I'm approaching the age when it hit my parents, or like my father and my grandmother, so... We'll see. We'll see if it gets me too. It's it's fun hitting that age, right? Where now you go in and get blood tests, not just because you know your your doctor recommends it, but because you're like, no, I'm legitimately concerned about family history at this point. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, now that we started on that bummer note, <laughs> I know, right? I thought we were we were making this be more of a what we're thankful for an upbeat podcast because I'm... dear God, there's a lot to be like depressed about the oh, news know. these days don't forget to get your breast exams women of a certain <laughs> age or people with breasts of a certain age get your yearly breast exam don't forget to check your breasts in the shower or you know have a friend do it um sure i hope you have a friend good enough for that to give you a platonic breast exam that's true friendship uh wasn't exactly what i meant but yeah okay stop it stop it that's gay activity that's gay activity we might get in trouble for that over the phone <laughs> not until 2017 now that our phones are mm. being tapped and everything <laughs> oh god oh god get to the soccer so two things happening right now that i think are really cool uh one's the u20 women's world cup in papua new guinea and the other one's the college cup and they both have been entertaining or really sad, depending on which country you're rooting for, Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Which country or which college team, depending yeah. on. Um, yeah. So here's a question or, you know, since to kind of carry forward our, our super happy and energetic tone. Why are these two events that potentially involve the same age group of players at the exact same time? FIFA doesn't care about the College Cup? I know. It does not suck. I mean, that's the entire reason why Mal Pugh's not playing for UCLA, right? Wasn't she also... 
Oh, I was going to say, wasn't she just deferring until the spring? And I was like, she's deferring until the spring to focus on the U20 World Cup, you dingus. Right. <laughs> so, yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I th- Yeah. You just weigh like U20 World Cup versus your freshman year. And I think she picked the the right one in terms of prestige. Right. Yeah. Well, in terms of prestige and also the way U- UCLA is performing in this, yeah. at this tournament. Anywho, um, which one do you want to talk about first? Uh, you want to play club over country or country over club? We'll do club then country. Okay. Okay. Club being your 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 college, college team. team. Yeah. So cool. we are going into quarterfinals. We've already been through the first three rounds, and there have been some wild results. Gab, what do you think is the wildest so far? Um, I think... I mean, we we kind of discovered this together, um, but Penn State getting knocked out in the second round by Virginia um, is pretty wild, considering they're the uh, reigning champions, and Virginia took them out three to nothing. Um, and then for Virginia to turn around and lose to Georgetown two to nothing um, is pretty yeah a, a big deal, I think. Uh, kind of looking across the the board, though. Some other upsets would be, you know, UCLA, West Virginia. Uh, a lot of the legacy schools um, for women's soccer in the country have kind of experienced some upsets. So, um, yeah, but that Penn State-Virginia um, match probably was was the big one for me. Um, I think another big one was Florida State getting taken out by Utah. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, and now Utah has lost to USC, so USC will play Auburn in the quarters. Auburn seems to have had a good time of it so far. They beat South Alabama and then Connecticut pretty handily. So, The other quarterfinal games are going to be Duke-West Virginia, uh, South Carolina versus North Carolina, who would have thought, Santa Santa Clara-Georgetown. I think I want to watch that Santa Clara-Georgetown game, and that looks like it's going down November 26th. November 26th. So this is all next weekend? Next weekend, yeah. So the only game that doesn't have a time or a date is the Duke. Oh, never mind. There it is. Weird. It's like my bracket is live updating. I'm, I'm looking at it too, and the bracket is definitely changing as we're looking at it. <laughs> okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't like super... What are you talking about? It? The bracket's been like this the whole time, Gab. I don't know what you're... <laughs> You should probably, you know, <laughs> check on that. I should check my eyesight, huh? Getting older, you know. I think that's the first thing that goes, right? <laughs> the your eyes vision? the eyes are the memory. The your vision. Mm-hmm. Your your ability to, to dream and long term plan, that's the first thing that goes. Oh my god. Wow, that got dark really fast. <laughs> uh that's kind of the place I'm in right now. So out of out of the eight teams remaining, uh, who do you think is going to advance? Well, let's see. I mean, I don't see South Carolina being North Carolina, first off. I'll take North Carolina in that ranking, game, too. Right? Um, I'd like to see, ultimately, North Carolina versus Santa Clara, maybe? Um, Santa Clara versus Georgetown. And then out of the other two games, I want, I'll take USC over Auburn and... I want West Virginia to beat Duke, but I'm not sure they will. 
I'm the leaning the opposite way with the USC Auburn game. Uh-huh. Like Auburn's had a harder road to get here, uh-huh. I think. So they might be a bit more ready uh, for USC, whereas USC, not saying they've had a, a cakewalk, but USC's played Eastern Washington, Texas A&M, and Utah. A&M's not a bad program, um, though. What was that? A&M's not so, such a bad program, though. I don't think that was the no, easiest hurdle it's, to it's get not over. Like they walked over them. That one went into the shootout. Let's see. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Auburn Auburn versus West Virginia. Okay, and then let's assume that we got our picks right. Who do you want to win the whole shebang a bang? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> out of Auburn, West Virginia, I'm gonna stick with Auburn. Um, and then I've got probably Santa Clara taking out North Carolina. Ooh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. So I would go with Santa Clara. I think I want West Virginia to take it all. Really? Yeah. What ends up coming out of the College Cup? A winner? Well, a winner, but also we get to see some some of the potential new players that we're going to see in the NWSL, right? Yeah. Players who might so, uh, declare for the draft. Usually it's... Yeah. Usually like about 100 to 150 players will declare for the draft each year. Mm-hmm. And then there's only 10 teams, four rounds. So if 100 players declare, 40% of them get drafted, theoretically. That's that's not it's not the worst odds, actually, but it's not great odds. Mm-hmm. Two, two out of every five of you are going to get drafted. And then if even more of you declare, you know, obviously the odds go down. So good luck, kids. Those are our very mild predictions for the College Cup. I don't know if we'll remember any of them. We'll have to check back and see how this all turns out next weekend. If history is any like indicator. I'm remember what, oh, okay. I, what I chose because yeah. it's, it's off the wall enough. <laughs> okay. If history is any indicator, you know what? We're, we're okay at picking general winners and losers. We're bad at predicting <laughs> scores. We are. We are very bad at predicting scores, but we can tell you who's going to win unless it's a final. Oh, God. Let's not... Let's leave the past in the past, shall we? That's oh. <laughs> I'm all I'm I'm 100% for that. Mhm. Okay, so the other big youth tournament happening is the U20 Women's World Cup. United States doing okay. Canadians doing the opposite of okay. Man, yeah. They got just Spain took them 5 nothing. Nigeria took them 3-1. Japan took them five. Okay, Japan, I expected to kind of run right over them. And then Spain, their youth program is starting to like spool up in, in quality. So they couldn't even get a result against Nigeria. Ugh. Anyway, but over to it's the United States. It's a very poor showing. And I think they're going to have to ask some super critical questions of their youth program, you know, especially since Herdman has been so insistent on on creating a new pipeline of excellence or whatever the hell. Because the the senior team is full of players, like mainstays, who are going to be gone in a couple years. Yeah, he's he's got to start getting ready for twenty nineteen now. He's integrated some young kids already into the senior team, who I think are great, like Ashley Lawrence and of course Jesse Fleming. Um, I think Deanne Rose is going to come along nicely, but man, that is rough. That is just oof. It's always interesting to watch um, these youth tournaments because you're not only 
getting to see the development, but you're also hopefully getting a chance to kind of get us to see how, where these players are developing, like, um, how are they, how are they being played positionally? Mm-hmm. Um, that sometimes that we don't have luxury to see players rotated when they're on the senior squad. In terms of the United States, so they're not done with group yet. They drew zero zero against have France a game tomorrow, right? Yeah, they have a game tomorrow, or uh, tomorrow as of the time of the recording of this podcast. Right. Um, and then they beat New Zealand three to one. And they looked better, but could be sharper. And then next, they're going to play Ghana on um, Monday at 1 a.m. Yay. So actually, in like a couple a couple hours. So not that, yeah. not that far now. All right. They, they get a result against Ghana. They're going to win Group C. First place Group C plays second place Group D. Right now, that's Korea Republic, South Korea, uh, Germany's leading Group D. I'm fine with them skipping Germany and playing South Korea instead if that result holds. Right. Although Mexico could pop up there too. So actually, I'd prefer either one of those to Germany. Germany's playing Korea today, though. So Germany's playing Korea, Mexico's playing Venezuela. You think Korea's going to drop the points, Mexico will jump up to second place? Yeah, I'm thinking that we potentially might be playing Mexico okay. next game. I'm fine with that, too. Yeah, just anything's better than playing Germany next. I actually would also prefer to play Mexico over South Korea. Really? Yeah, I think well, so. Yeah, okay. I get confused as to which one's North Korea and which one's... Like, obviously, oh. you know better than I do. <laughs> um, but I just get confused because this one's called Korea Republic and the other one's called Korea DPR. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Korea Democratic People's Republic. That's just remember that Korea DPR means opposite of that. <laughs> and Korea Republic actually means Korea Republic. Yeah, although Korean politics are wild right now. Like if you thought American politics were wild, like in Korea there's like a cult involved and everything. It's crazy. People Well, we're getting there. Yeah, we actually we are getting there. Maybe it's not that wild. We're getting there. It's depressing oh, to God. think about and talk about. And this, this, this podcast is supposed to be, fun, is supposed to be happy, this is supposed uplifting to be our fun podcast where we escape oh my God. for an hour. Okay, not even for an hour. We couldn't even we couldn't even escape it for like twenty minutes. It was. I know that's how like in our face reality is. All right. So first place C, place second place D, and then winner of Group D is going to place the second one second place from group c so that's germany is gonna play it's usa ghana new and zealand, then new zealand france you think it's gonna be new zealand not france second uh, in... france france is playing new zealand right yeah in their third game uh-huh. and all new zealand needs is a draw and they've got that second place okay new because zealand. they beat ghana yeah we're gonna beat ghana or we friggin' better I'm assuming we're going to win, so now it's trying to figure out who is Mexico, or I'm sorry, who is Germany going to play. Yeah, I think Germany will hit New Zealand next then. And then Germany will advance out of that. And hopefully the United States will advance out of playing, theoretically, Mexico. Right. Mm -hmm. But we wouldn't play the winner of Germany versus whoever. In quarters afterwards, we play the winner of uh, first place Group A versus second place Group B. 
if we advance. Oh my god, look at that group B though. Group B, the top three teams all have six points. I mean, it is the group of death. Well, I mean, six, is, six, six. It is the group that Canada's The in. devil so is a liar. Canada. Poor Canada. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my. You just have to laugh at this point. I mean, take a weekend to, to laugh and then get back to work. But cheese. <laughs> cheese and crackers. I mean, look at the... <laughs> Um, the goals for too. Japan and Spain really rack them up over, over three games. Let's see. We said it would need to be winner of, uh, first place A versus second place B. So for first place A, it's going to be North Korea. Poor Papua New Guinea. They're the host country, so they automatically get in. And they're currently at a minus 21 goal differential. Yeah. Brazil took them for like a 9-0 ride. So... Anyway, so that'll be Korea versus, and we said second place, Group B. So it's going to be Spain, it looks like. So that's Spain. I'll take Korea, North Korea over Spain. Although I hope Spain right. kicks North Korea out of the tournament. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Spain. Okay, okay. Out of Spain or North so Korea, think... which, which one would you rather play, though? Uh, Spain. I'd rather play Spain, too, at this yeah. point. So we're we're saying USA is going to play uh, Mexico next round, and then advance out. Winner of that is going to play España. España, that's what we're saying. On the other side of the bracket, I think Germany is going to come out of quarterfinals. They'll be fine. And winner of that game plays a winner of first place B versus second place A. So first place B is Japan. Second place A mm-hmm. between Brazil and Sweden. Oh, it's Brazil. Because they've finished. Yeah, I was going to say they're done. Yeah. So Japan, Brazil, I'll take Japan. Yeah. Their U20 team. They're kind of steamrolling right now. I know. Their U20 team is like really lovely to watch right now. Um, So Germany versus Japan. Although, so Japan lost to Spain. Mm, Yeah, I'm I'm holding our I'm holding our predictions. So Japan versus Germany, right? Uh Uh-huh. God, that'll be a beautiful game to watch. Yeah, I think I'm going to definitely put that on my calendar and just stay up late and suffer. That's going to be so pretty. Okay. I want to watch it too. So, assuming USA goes to the final, we've predicted Japan-Spain, I mean, uh, Japan-Germany semi. Out of those two, which one do you think we're going to hit in the final? It's probably, it's going to be Germany. Ger- Germany over Japan? Yeah. Mmm... You can disagree with me. I think I might. I would love to see a USA-Japan final. Totally. I think Japan would beat what's, us. What's... I think Japan would might beat us in a final. I think Japan is totally capable of beating us. Like, based on the way we, we've been in group, we're kind of... They're, they're starting to come up to speed, but they've kind of been carried a little bit by Mal Pugh and Ashley Sanchez so far. So... Mm-hmm. You know, having to rely on two or three players is not ideal when you're playing Japan, who can rely on basically all 11. Yeah, if if we haven't pulled ourselves together by, like, quarters or semis, then Japan's going to take the final if we play them in the final. That's my prediction. Mm-hmm. I am going with Germany, and I'm saying we're going to beat Germany. I don't know what the score is going to be, though, and I don't feel... Like, I ever get that remotely right, so I'm not going to throw the score prediction out there. No, why would you ever do that? (laughs) 
the world is hard enough. I automatically, I automatically want to, and I'd reel it back in today. Don't add more burdens to yourself. Just enjoy the rest of the weekend. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. So also from this weekend, we asked uh, what people were thankful for this season in terms of women's soccer. We got some decent responses. Um, (laughs) I like that you're judging people's responses of things that they are thankful for. You could be thankful for better things. Come on now. (laughs) (laughs) These responses, they're meh. Our very first response was from Bookish Dai, who's one of the things she was thankful for was Canada winning bronze. And Christine Sinclair passing Mia Hamm's goal scoring record. I thought that, that, was, that was pretty sweet. It, it? it was cool. It was cool because I, I don't know. I'm torn between saying people should be passing her record, and I think Mayhem would be pleased with that too because it indicates progress in women's sports. But at the same time, I think we talked about this before. After Mia sank and Abby, we may not see anyone break these records because women's soccer is is stabilizing so much. It's becoming the 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 playing field is is leveling off. So even though Yes, the United States and other top teams will take poor Romania for an 8-0 ride. At the same time, you know, you you don't see results like that as much. So, you know, part of those those big numbers are because a lot of these players were were talismanic forwards who had a lot of the system created like built around them scoring specifically. Well, not only not only that, but also, you know, if you look at the amount of soccer that had to be played on the international scale, on the international level, when we don't have women's leagues or as many teams in professional leagues as we do today, it was really up to the federations to do a lot more. Right. Mm hmm. So there were just so many more games that were being played when Abby and when Sinclair and when Mia right. were kind of at their peaks. I'm not saying that Sink's peaked, like, but she definitely like uh like Sink was able to to kind of score a lot of her goals in the years between WUSA and WPS. Abby was able to do the same thing, but then Abby also, you know, the U.S. Women's National Team um, plays a lot of a lot of games anyway. You know, they they on average I think play between five and ten more matches a year than Canada does. Yeah, I think it's actually astonishing. Sink has managed to kind of start catching up in goals because Canada they have not been scheduling. I mean, the, the women won bronze, and I feel like. What, after the Olympics, they'll have two friendlies at the end of 2016, I think? Look how many friendlies the United States has played, despite coming away from the Olympics with Bupkis. We always have tours, right? Yeah. A victory tour, or a celebration series, or something. And a lot of that is because of cash flow. I think you're right. If Alex Morgan had been playing in one of those fallow periods more... If you took her and transported her back to that time, I think Alex Morgan will also have like a bonanza goal scoring number. She still has pretty good numbers, right. but they're more realistic for the level of competition that exists in her generation. Yeah, right. It's gonna be it's gonna be really difficult for a player to uh, catch up to what the, some of these statistics are simply because of a player rotation. 
right? Right. So we're developing better, more consistent players. So it's going to be harder to pick out an Abby, um, a player who's predominant, um, one single target up top, right? Like that's got to be a player who in the future, they um, are really putting themselves in that position and staying healthy and able to be consistent in that way. Whereas now, you know, it's hard for Christian Press to even get playing time. Our player pool right now, like who among the attacking players on this team would you build like a singular attacking plan around? You wouldn't. Like we have such a deep pool right now. It would be foolish not to create this fluid front line of at least two or two players, but more like three that you can interchange. Right. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you, you don't want to ha- be in a position where – Alex Morgan plays really well alongside Crystal Dunn because heaven forbid something happened to one of them. And then, Oh shit, we lost both. So, whoa, so stuff. So, so now that somebody was thankful oh. about Canada and we got it back over to the USA side. Wozo Steph was grateful for the fact that this season ended without a question of whether or not there would be a season in 2017. And I agree wholeheartedly. That's a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're going into season five in a few months, and there's no wringing of hands. Yeah, I feel pretty safe right now. It's not like we're the NWHL at the moment. Oh, God. Players aren't getting their salaries cut. Like, the salary cap is not getting cut in half. They're not worrying about, are sponsors really giving us money, or did you just say that they gave us money? How how stable do you feel? Do you feel stable for like the next three or four years at least? I feel stable through the next World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so ultimately like the next we've gotten our bump, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you if you look at the waves of like popularity for women's soccer, like we've we made it through the two biggest years for the sport on an international stage. And so now it's, okay, how do we grow this game domestically? Um, How do we grow the attendance numbers? Because that's just something that's always got to be a focus. But how do we grow, not necessarily the level of play, but how do we grow what the league can do? Um, I think it's up to the players a lot to push and make sure that now's the time for rosters to grow. Um, But how, how do we grow the salary cap? Well, uh, that's being placed on the teams, things like that. In terms of performance, I was actually talking to our friend Richard Farley for a different podcast, and he mentioned something about how now that NWSL players see that there's a viable path to the national team through NWSL, do you think that affects the way any of them play or you know how they think about the league or how they operate? As opposed to being, all right, this is a place where I can park it for three or four years, earn kind of a paycheck, but then I'm going to have to move on. Whereas maybe, you know, the top 10, 15% of players in the league go, hmm, I could be on the national team. What do you think? Yeah, I I think I think it's definitely the right carrot to be dangling. And I wish that this carrot had been part of the league two years ago um, and something that folks could have been like, oh, wow, I could make the Olympic squad. I mean, there are a few fresh faces that did make the Olympic squad, but there are players who have been in this league since the beginning. Um, I, I think I think that's a fantastic motivator, and it's it's kind of proving that, hey, U.S. soccer, you can kind of keep keep some of your promises. 
it hasn't quite been to the same level that I would have expected, but I really enjoy what happened with these last few games um, and all of the new players that got the call-ups. I would, I, I'm holding my breath as to whether or not they get return call-ups, um, if they're going to be part of the rotation in 2017, things like that. But I, I think it was fantastic to be able to point out and say, wow, you know, here's, here's the benefit for all your hard work. Do you think it decreases the number of retirements we see of players who are like 25 years old? Uh, no, and I think that that's going to be hard for us to combat um, without increasing the overall like salary mm-hmm. uh, situation in the NWSL. Yeah, because um, you know I, who like I'm sure you and Richard probably had a, a more intellectual conversation about like the statistics behind it, but who knows how much a call up player makes by going to one camp. We know how much they make cause it's in the CBA. It's, it's pretty low. And then I think you get a, like if you're, so there's a difference between players paid by the Federation and then the people who randomly get called in are floaters and they essentially get right. like a stipend per week. It's not a lot which gets a bump up if they actually get rostered. Um, and then if you get rostered, I think it was for at least four games, you get another bump. So Yeah, it's it's the tiered system. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you only got rostered for one game, I don't think you were breaking more than $2,000. So, you know, again, this is going to need to be, like, programmatic change within mm-hmm. the U.S. soccer system um, where these players who are getting called up because of their performance in the NWSL are seeing that happen consistently. So that then becomes a significant financial contributor to their payroll. Yeah, I guess how the retirements we see, it maybe might have affected one player, um, one or two players. So I guess you're right. It wouldn't put a huge dent in it. Uh because I do think a lot of the players who retire on 24 or 25, maybe they tend to be the players who think, yeah, realistically, I don't have a shot at the national team regardless of, you know, I'm not Lynn Williams or whoever, so I, I need to go get a steadier paycheck now. Yeah, or, you know, then they look at a Jess McDonald. Or they, who, or an Allie Long, yeah. Or an Allie Long and say, I'm just going to put my head down. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to keep grinding. I'm going to find my stride. I mean, because... You, you can make the argument that the players that are 24, 25 retiring have not peaked. Yeah. You know, women's soccer players don't peak until either their late 20s or early 30s, depending on their position. And so it's about figuring out. And, and honestly, this is where I think um, the NWSL should be at is figuring out, OK, how do we create a sustainable salary model that is no longer promising to the future but realizing okay we might we might be like a few steps closer to that so how do we start building successful long-term teams that don't have as much turnover with regards to retirements i guess we'll see over the next two years because these are our non-big tournament years i'm gonna say 2018 is not included in that because that's when we're gonna start spooling up for the 2019 world cup and then talking about qualifying and stuff like that. So 2017, 2018 are the two big years, the the test years to see how the league does without the influence of national team success, really. Yeah, and we can we can really get a sense of okay, what do the, these these uh, 
attendance, do these attendance numbers come down? Um, because that's probably a more realistic picture of the actual like attention level that women's soccer is getting in the United States. I think it's also huge. You know, can can NWSL secure a TV deal? It would be cool how, if how they, the women's league was packaged stuff, with so. MLS. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I I think I think you and I have kind of talked about all of the different needs that yeah. the NWSL should be thinking about. It's just okay now we're in wait and see mode. Sarah R. Butts says they're thankful to get to see Hale's last game and be subbed out with no one replacing her because that's accurate. Oh. I like that Heo retired from international soccer and then promptly went super political. Yeah, right. She just went to North Carolina and was like campaigning for Hillary and, you know, for a governor and against, um, you know, anti-trans legislation. And that was cool. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see what Heo does in retirement. Do you think um, she'd ever run for office? I don't know. I don't know if she has political aspirations as much as she may just try to be like some sort of sports ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see her, I could see her dabbling in, in being an ambassador of some sort or partnering with some international organization that's going to help like bring awareness to other parts of the world um, where maybe women, women, girls, female athletes aren't receiving the respect um, that that they deserve. Um, I, could, I could see her getting more political, but I don't know if she would ever run for office. That would be interesting, like a Mayor Hale. <laughs> right? Well, it, it would be interesting to me because so now she's kind of her on the pitch persona, I think, is is similar to her off the pitch. But A, she's got she would have to deal with the name change. Right. So now we're lo- we're losing points and rec- recognizability or whatever, however you phrase it. Um, so you, you have to deal with that. But then also, I think I think she's just kind of going through she either is going through or has always been aware of social issues and just felt her hands were tied being on the national team with being able to like actually do anything or say anything. Mm hmm. And so I, I'm, I'm just really intrigued as to like, because some people get into politics thinking they can change the world. Where once they're inside the system, they might realize how little change is possible in a short period of time. And you know, looking at the way U.S. soccer is structured, maybe that's what she felt being within the program. And as soon as she leaves the program, she's like, "Oh my God, freedom." Maybe. You know, so I don't know. I'm I'm really interested to see what she does, though. And then our last one, uh, Abby D. Uriarte, I hope that's correct, uh, said they're thankful for the emergence of Mal Pugh, hashtag dogs for Kristen, and an exciting NWSL championship game. I think that's a really good list. <laughs> it's a really good list. This NWSL season, I thought was pretty good. Um, the playoffs were excellent and championship game. I mean, you can't get much more exciting than that. Oh God. It was the first half was, or almost all of regulation. I was just like, (sighs) and then as soon as it went into extra time, I just, everyone was losing their minds. It was a great advertisement for the league for everybody who stuck with it through the, for the first like 85 minutes. 
Totally, totally. Uh, you know, for the for regulation, I mean, I was coming at it from a position of I'm just here to watch good soccer, um, and it was. I mean, but then we also found some evil villains to boo against <laughs> throughout the game. Um, we found some drama that was happening, and you know, you're you're getting more involved in the match, and you know, for somebody who was more or less a neutral going in. Um, and then seeing just how the, the game developed, I was like, all right, you know, now we got to actually start rooting for a team. Mm-hmm. We're going to year five. Some rivalries should have more solid legs by now. I mean, once those rivalries solidify and we get some more narratives in place, I think that'll help us. I, th- I really want us to focus on that in these off years, really focus on developing <laughs> the characters in NWSL, I guess, instead of sure. like um, relying on big sweeps week events like the Olympics and the World Cup. If that's does that make sense to you? I know I'm putting it in in TV terms, but. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. Like, let's not wait for that big spotlight, but how do we create the spotlight every week? Yeah, well, get people to buy in on the ground level, invest emotionally in the characters, the players, the teams, and then mm-hmm. they'll come back even if the plot is weak, you know, because they're yeah. there to enjoy really, the favorites. I just really hope the NWSL, like, actually creates a more balanced schedule for 2017. Oh, God, um, yeah. And stops trying to force these, like, regional rivalries. Because, I mean, the rivalries are developing if they just put their ear to the ground. The regional rivalries thing is definitely one of the, if I had to make a list of like five firts from 2016 for the league, I'd I'd put regional rivalries on that list. Yeah, regional rivalries and the unbalanced schedule. um, uh, They they definitely were were areas that I, I could see the theory behind it, but I'm just like, you don't like. You don't have to force rivalries. It's like when a TV show takes two characters and it's like, all right, this is a man and this is a woman and they're generically attractive. Therefore, we're going to mush them together and you're supposed to root for this like relationship. It's like, no, just let things develop organically. See who has chemistry. Yeah, we don't want to give them a combined relationship name just yet. Like (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't feel right. Portmanteau. Right. Stop it. Okay, you're welcome, Western New York. I'm sorry, I'm still bitter. No more. Boston is not going to be anybody's butt monkey anymore. <laughs> we made roster moves. You did make roster moves. And we're going to make more. You're going to make so many roster moves and moves in LA in January. That's what I'm thankful for this year. Even though it was another shit year for Boston, it wasn't as shit as last year. And it promises to be less shit next year. That sounds really year, bleak when I say year. it out loud. Uh, what are you thankful for from women's soccer in 2016? Oh, man. Um, let's see. I probably should have thought about this a little bit more. Um, I mean, I'm really thankful to have the Portland team that we do. You know, I've always been a fan of the teams in the Portland area, um, be it the Timbers or the Thorns or University of Portland. But um, this year in particular, just something about the Thorn squad um, just really hit a chord. And I'm going to be really, really sad as, you know, Cat Williams has already retired. Um, I'm going to be really upset as this team kind of 
doesn't break apart. Like I think a core is going to stay, but as, as moves are made, as adjustments are made, um, I really enjoy having Mark Parsons uh, sign that long-term contract um, for in the Portland area or for the Portland Thorns. Uh, so yeah, it was just a really good year, even though, you know, they fell short in playoffs, um, just super, it was really nice just to have a team that like I could root for with my entire heart. They were your unproblematic fave. They were my unproblematic fave and not say that like, I wasn't rooting for them with my entire heart before, but like I was making fun of them quite a bit too, (laughs) for whatever reason, um, be it a certain player or not liking the coach or something like that. But this was probably the first year where I was just like fully positive about them. And it felt weird. I don't know what that's like, but I hope to experience it one day. (laughs) (laughs) Name my sex tape. Okay. Yeah, right. (laughs) Wow, you just did that to yourself. You better keep that in. Okay, I'm just going to skip right past that one and say I hope you have a good Thanksgiving. I hope you get to eat a lot of tremendously fatty high in sodium foods and spend it with a lot of people you love yeah i'm gonna try to balance all of the very fatty high in sodium foods with a lot of greens yeah that too uh whatever i guess we're getting older time marches on time marches on and we can't eat the way we used to watch me dude i my stomach hurts already actually yeah i had too much spicy food last night and today i woke up in like agonizing intestinal pain yeah, I've gotten to the point where, like, if I have too much spicy food, I sweat at night. Well, I think it was because it wasn't just regular spicy food. Like, that's fine. But it was, like, ghost pepper chips. Um, yeah, that, that'll get you. Anyway. Yeah, I do feel crummy if I don't eat vegetables regularly. This is stupid. I, I don't like it. I absolutely do. I absolutely feel, like, trash if I don't eat veggies at least three times a day. Why is getting older a thing that has to happen I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. So, so to be completely honest with you, we are now surpassing the age that I think humans are meant to live to. You think humans and should die at like age 35? Reason. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, no, that's like, terrible. All we've done is we've developed modern medicine and like modern conveniences to prolong our lives. No, life expectancy. Downhill, life expectancy. It was so low back in the day because they were averaging it out with high infant mortality rates. People lived into their 50s and 60s all the time back in the day. All, not all the time. Yes, all the time they did. No, not yes, all the time. Yes. All the time they did. There were plenty no, of old people in the time. olden days. Oh my god. All right. The olden people were us in the olden days. No, no they weren't. That's not Okay, I'm going to leave it to our listeners to scream at Gab in the comments for this. Uh, We'll see you later, probably for a less upbeat episode. I'm not giving you a chance to respond. I'm ending it right now. 